0: costs to originate keep rising even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS and you can learn more at Vesta.com. When it comes to climate change, it's hard to know the impact it's going to have on our planet, let alone your portfolio. Climate Risk Analytics by CoreLogic will help you make consistent decisions from the national scale all the way down to individual properties. You can even assess projected losses for every structure in the continental United States with financial figures, actual numbers, not arbitrary letter grades. So one day when regulators ask how resilient your business is in the face of climate risk, be ready with Climate Risk Analytics by CoreLogic. Learn more
1: at corelogic.com slash risk Welcome to Housing Wire Daily. I'm Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media. And today I'm filling in for Sarah Wheeler. We're talking to Brian Battaglia. He's the Property Intelligence Solutions Executive for Core Logic. So welcome, Brian.
2: Thank you, Tracy. Good morning. Great to be with you today. Really appreciate the invite.
1: Well, thank you for being here. So um, why don't we just start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and your role um, at CoreLogic? Sure, I'd be
2: happy to. Um, As you articulated, I lead what's known as property intelligence here inside CoreLogic. And what that effectively means is that uh, the team I have the pleasure of working with gets the uh, distinct opportunity to commercialize all the data and the analytics for the enterprise really across the core markets that we serve. Uh, Primarily, the three core markets that CoreLogic serves are real estate, mortgage, and insurance. And um, we do A lot of unique things with our data and our analytics to help uh, power those industries.
1: Yes. And obviously CoreLogic has significant name recognition in the industry. So you serve as the go-to source for property data solutions um, for many, including real estate brokers. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about that specifically.
2: Yeah, so we, we do. We truly do uh, view ourselves as kind of a, a little bit of the engine that is, exists behind the entire real estate economy, if you will, with our data and our analytics. Um, if you were to kind of look across and you kind of think about who we serve, uh, you know, we serve about 1.2 million real estate agents on any given day. Um, we have relationships with over 80% of the MLSs that are out there. Um, about 80, 85% of all the mortgage transactions in the country utilize some form of CoreLogic data uh, as they are processed. Uh, and the list kind of goes on and on in terms of the the presence that we hold across the industry and the nameplates that we work with in terms of our client list. Uh, we're very fortunate that we have truly, uh, we consider one of the, the best blue chip clients list across the core industries of anyone else in the industry. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a responsibility that we don't take lightly inside the company.
1: My next question is really um, kind of to go a little bit deeper into that. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the role that property data plays in the real estate industry as a whole?
2: So that's a great question. So whenever we talk about data, I always like to kind of start off first and kind of articulate a little bit about what the data is that we're talking about, and also maybe a little bit about what it's not, because it's such a commonly used term. And um, as we all know, data surrounds us and everything that we do on any given day. Um, But if you think about really what we have as core logic. Data really is the cornerstone that holds the property ecosystem together. Uh, it enables consumers to identify and to purchase and uh, ultimately uh, acquire the home that they live in that they love. Uh, it allows real estate professionals to provide accurate, best-in-class service uh, to both buyers and sellers in the ecosystem. It allows brokers to be able to operate their businesses, to grow their businesses, to increase their profitability. Um, and it allows investors on the tail end of this to really make smarter decisions in terms of how they manage their overall portfolios. But when you really kind of think about then what is that data specifically that we're referring to about property data? Um, if you kind of think about what CoreLogic has, it's a very expansive ecosystem of data that really sits across a lot of unique assets. And so what I mean by that is we have data that really spans from the ground. So if you think about just parcel boundary or basic geospatial data, all the way up to things such as uh, natural hazard and weather that could potentially impact that given uh, piece of property and sort of everything in between, meaning we will know everything there is to know about the, 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 parcel. We'll know everything there is to know about the structure. We'll know everything that there is to know about the transaction that is associated with that structure. Uh, we'll know about the neighborhood that surrounds it. We will know about the weather events that could potentially impact it. We'll know about the long-term climate risk that could be associated with that property. Um, and then with all that data, we start to derive very unique uh, insights and analytics with things such as our valuation models. Uh, we might uh, have a interesting information around reconstruction costs that um, are pertinent to the industry uh, we'll know things such as what are the home price indices that are out there case uh, shiller being probably one of our for, uh, one of our most well known home price indices uh, but then we'll get into things like market risk indicators as well so what is the likelihood of a potential property declining in value over the upcoming period versus increasing in value. And uh, really just about anything and everything in between that you can think of, that is really kind of the specialty of what we're doing with our data to be able to provide that information to our clients within this market.
1: Yeah. And in this market, especially, um, you know, there are a lot of challenges that real estate brokers are facing with low inventory and um, an uncertain market, inflation, interest rates. Um, So what do you feel is the potential for data to really improve the outcomes of um, real estate brokerage business?
2: Yeah, you you really kind of hit the nail on the head there, didn't you? I mean, could there be any more challenges right now that are out there? And of course, you obviously have the immediate housing headwinds that you referred to. But really, if you kind of take a little bit of a step back for this industry, I mean, there's been pressure that's kind of been put in in the brokers in particular for the last several years. You know, you've had the rise of uh, different models that have come into play uh, that are out there that they're competing against. A lot of those models rely quite heavily on technology in some form or capacity, uh, which sometimes that tech gives them a very distinct competitive advantage. Um, but they're putting pressure on on the industry in a way that it probably has not experienced in decades. And if you were to go back 10 years and you looked at a report that said, who are the top 10 brokerages, uh, in the year 2013 and you looked at the top 10 brokerages here in the year 2023, there's going to be a change in that list, you know, and some of those names were probably not even potentially not even in existence. When you go back 10 years ago, um, you've got that, you've got the issue of the margins are contracting, uh, From where they were historically, profitability is becoming harder to find. Um, Agents themselves are becoming harder to find. The good agents that you really want, being able to retain your good agents is becoming more difficult. Uh, So, I mean, you just kind of go on and on and on. You kind of talk about that and you think, wow, you know, how can data help from a brokerage perspective? And, you know, we really do kind of think about that, that our data really can help solve Uh, in some way, shape or form, or at least contribute to a point of view or a solution that kind of drives each one of those challenges that I mentioned. So when you think about uh, potentially agent recruitment, and retention, you know, some of the data that we're able to provide can really speak to what is the efficacy of certain agents inside certain markets? What is the relationship that they may have with respect to the loan officers uh, with their transactions inside a certain market? And how do you kind of look at that and and derive things such as where are they in terms of market share? How are they in terms of uh, competition? You know, are they better than, less than? Are they growing in a down market? I mean, that's, you know, look, at down market's, is a very uh, tough place to grow in. So if you can find people that are actually growing their share of business uh, organically in a down market, I mean, those are the people you really want to go after. And data really is one of the ways that you can kind of get after that. You think about then things such as like workflow efficiency um, for a brokerage. You know, and how can the data be utilized inside the workflow to be able to just drive a more efficient and lean operating model? Um, it, it has a place there as well in terms of what it can do to be able to help track and identify leads, um, and then also understanding did those leads in fact convert, um, It can then kind of be utilized even kind of more broadly downstream in terms of affiliate services. And, you know, how do you kind of increase that attach rate um, to transactions, obviously in a very respite compliant way, but how do you do that so that you kind of are getting the benefit of a broader ecosystem? So data really can be utilized in so many ways. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, historically, when you talk about the real estate industry and you know, candidly, it's not specific to the real estate industry. I could plug in a lot of different industries when I say this. They have not utilized data in as effective of a way as possible, given the ability for all of us to obtain data in today's world. You know, historically, I think there was this view that, well, if I'm of a certain size and scale from a resource standpoint, I can acquire all the data that I need and I can drive some interesting insights and I have a team that kind of pushes it out. Um, and that is true. Uh, certainly size and scale do matter if you're going to look at a, uh, harvesting a lot of raw data and kind of working through it. But the world we're in today, you can actually access data in a much more discreet way that's very specific to what you may need for a particular business challenge that you're facing. And then kind of harness that uh, to be able to make more informed decisions, to be able to uh, help with a lot of those uh, issues that we just identified that are kind of facing the brokerage world today. And there are a bunch of them. So, uh, you know, we're pretty excited about the way that we can help the industry uh, in a down market as much as we can help the industry in an up market.
1: Yeah. And and you're right about the, you know, Trends has been um, ranking brokerage firms for 30 something years. And, um, you know, 10 years ago, we did not have data on Compass or EXP. And now they've taken number one in volume, that's Compass, and number one in transaction sides, EXP. Um, also, the low fee models have really, you know, jumped up the rankings, too. So you're certainly correct in that there, there are so many different business models. But I also like to say that there's, um, you know, even the top 500 brokerages only have about 27% of the market share. I think that might not be completely, it's 20 something percentage. So there's lots of room for um, growth, even in those top 500 um, brokerages and, and the proper use of data can really help with that as well. Um, And so when you think about that, what do you anticipate um, the future will hold with, you know, keeping all of that in mind, um, you know, especially with low profit margins, and you're talking about the availability of ancillary um, data, service, and products in that as well.
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, and, and you're spot on too. By the way, that's the same statistic that I've kind of heard repeated back: is that top 500 have 20 something percent of share. And so, you know, you think about that. There's a population out there of over 100,000 brokers in the country, kind of all shapes and sizes. It's a big space, uh, but it, you know, it certainly has an opportunity for all size institutions to kind of grow um, and I think a lot of that really can be done in a very efficient manner by harvesting data in a more intelligent way and that's really when you ask that question about what is the future hold. to me that's really what it gets down to is how can data be harnessed in a much more intelligent way for organizations of all sizes Again, it should not be just limited to uh, the largest institutions such as an EXP or a compass. It should also have applicability and be accessible to some of the folks that are much smaller in scale and perhaps quite a bit more regional. And so what does that look like? I think I think what you are can what you're already seeing in the industry and what you're going to see a lot more of um, as time goes on here is really this introduction of uh, applications that are that really allow the data to be accessed in a very easy, digestible, consumer-friendly type way, if you will. So people are going to come to these applications with uh, their business challenges. So tell me which of my agents are being the most productive related to competition in a given market. that data is then going to be able to be accessed in a very real-time way with a very specific output that is instantaneous that will have a nice visualization (laughs) attached to it with some nice charts and graphs that people can kind of quickly look at and say, ah, you know, I know that these three agents that I have are outperforming these 10 agents, Um, whether those agents are internal or whether it's against the competition. I also know that based upon the types of transactions that these agents are doing, that that has a, uh, a, a unique market that has been identified for us or a market where we obviously can compete and potentially grow. And how do we try to leverage that? Um, I, so I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I also think that you know, there is this unknown world that we are now entering into that, you know, not not to get too futuristic here, but when you think about the advent of large language models, and obviously ChatGPT has been right on the cutting edge of that over the last several months uh, from a media standpoint, <clears throat> we just don't know what that's going to do at the end of the day. Um, you know, and if people tell you that they have an exact idea of where that's headed, um, I'd love to meet them. I really would, because I think this is sort of the... the the current Wild Wild West, if you will, of how a capability like that large language model starts to feed into data and analytics and the output of those for people to be able to consume in a way in which they can harness it to kind of drive good answers, quick answers for their businesses. But there's no doubt that is going to have an impact as time wears on and we'll have to see what that looks like. But, um, the world that we are entering into, candidly that we're already in, if you're not utilizing the data that is at your fingertips to start making better decisions, to start, um, being much more proactive in terms of understanding your own business and maybe even more importantly, the business of your competitors that are around you, then you are going to be increasingly left behind because as that data becomes more, uh, as that data really proliferates and becomes much more accessible the ways we just talked about, more and more people are going to use it because it's just, it is something they can readily understand. You don't need to have a data scientist on your team to be able to help you dissect, you know, terabytes of data to derive very simple answers. Companies such as CoreLogic are going to be the ones that have already done that work for you and are providing it to you in a very consumable way at the point in time that you need it and where you need it, whether that's a some form of a, a platform that 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 we're giving you access to and you're subscribing to, or whether that's somehow we're taking those output analytics and and working it into your workflow through maybe like a CRM enrichment or something of that. So, um, Suffice to say that regardless of who you are in the real estate ecosystem, I think understanding the importance of data as you go forward and really kind of being in tune with what's out there and available to you and how you might be able to utilize that and really develop a great relationship uh, with companies that have this type of data, I think is going to be critical for you in the years ahead to be able to continue to drive growth and maintain profitability targets. I really do.
1: So why don't you tell me give me some very specific examples of how brokers um, are using your data today to you know grow their businesses, recruit more, um, understand the housing market more. Um, give me a little bit of information on that.
2: Yeah, so no, it, it's a great question. So if you think about um, our data, and again, very expansive, as we kind of mentioned, but if you think about um, I'll, I'll, market intelligence is probably one of the more basic use cases that people can do. Within our data set, we have the ability to really tell you and provide to you all the share statistics for your particular brokerage or your individual agent, or maybe the LOs that you have relationships with, um, what their, what their specialty may be inside a given geography, et cetera, and really understanding at a very tactical level, what's going on. And then being able to kind of have a visualization associated with that, that, um, might, uh, show you as an example, this, the state of Texas and, you know, the state of Texas then may show that, Hey, you know, if you think about this inside, uh, uh, Dallas County, you're going to get a certain profile right now of the market that looks like this. And you can compare and contrast that with something as Tarrant County, um, which is the Fort Worth area. For those of you that are familiar with the Metroplex, it may look like this. And you start to really look at things that might be historically, probably people would have looked at that as sort of one particular metro. And I think we do still broadly kind of think about it that way, but there is absolutely sub-segment behaviors that occur inside any larger metro. And our data being able to drill down to that very tactical transactional level, and then help a brokerage to understand their business in a much more fundamental way, and how they can uh, gain share or look at the agents that are really performing well inside a segment, and maybe think through, is there a recruitment strategy that I ought to do to try to go after and try to, to talk to that agent to see if I can have them switch their business card over to mine. Um, likewise, are there loan officers that, I probably do not have relationships with the that I need to be able to develop relationships with because that's a business development strategy for me. Um, you know, are there things out there um, that I can do with the data that sort of give me ideas about how to increase that affiliate attachment rate that we talked about? I think all of that around market intelligence and the ability to go granular is really, really important for our clients and how they kind of utilize our data. Another area that's a little bit more emerging for us, but um, is something that's been getting, getting some, kind of some traction, but we're still kind of working, uh, working through it a bit. is just really the whole notion around lead gen, right? Because in a market like this, that is tight um, where there are fewer opportunities that are available. You want to understand if someone is in market shopping or not. And we have, newer technologies that we are utilizing that uh, will allow a brokerage or an agent to effectively better leverage their CRM, uh, you know their contact network. There's always been this this thought of okay if I'm if I'm in this market, am I sufficiently leveraging my network? And that network clearly could be people that they've worked with in the past, um, either on the buy side or the sell side. but more broadly, that network should be, the people that know those people like that could be the network. And then you connect that with the loan officer and you connect that maybe with some of the affiliate services types, uh, companies that we've been referring to. You start to then create this little bit of a mini ecosystem for every agent. And then more broadly for a brokerage, how are you really leveraging that entire network and getting to them in a cost effective way? And I would emphasize that in this market, you really want to have a return on your investment for any marketing dollars that you're spending. How are you doing that in a manner that really allows you to understand the behavior of anyone that might be in your network to then say this is an opportunity because it appears as though they are in market for a transaction. And um, again, that's something where we're utilizing a little bit more kind of cutting edge techniques in terms of data to really understand the household in a different way. Uh, it's something that we're kind of working closely with a few few folks within the industry to really understand how we can try to drive that. So, you know, lead gen is nothing new in this industry. It's been out there. There are a whole host of vendors that do lead gen. Um, there are greater or lesser degrees of efficacy of all those lead gens. But we really want to try to tackle that purely from our data standpoint as well and say, how can we perhaps maybe not replace that current lead gen activity, but absolutely supplement it and give you a little bit more robust picture in terms of what's going on with your leads and are they true opportunities or are they not? And if they are, how do you capitalize on them quickly so that you're in front of them at the moment in time at which they actually are ready to do something, um, Or how do you understand if you were not there, what did happen to that individual? Where did that lead go? Who ultimately converted it or what happened to the transaction with the consumer at the end of the day? That's, you know, sometimes uh, as we talk to clients and work with clients, that's almost more what they want to understand even than how do I get better um, with new leads and how do I get, you know, a, a Greater top of the funnel, if you will, with my leads. But how do I understand what the stuff that fell through the funnel or fell out of the funnel, in this particular example, the lost leads, how do I understand what happened to them? You know, and a lot of our data, I think, can really be utilized to help people understand that and to really make sense of the market from a different lens because it's to a certain extent. Knowing the business you are doing is absolutely critical to understanding what's going on in market, but I'm a big believer that, you know, you should take a 360 degree view of data. You should look at things that also did not go to closure because those can be as insightful as anything else to really understanding where my target market might be, where I'm successful, and then also where is there opportunity for me to improve, to potentially drive more share and to gain a little bit more traction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you talked a lot about really hyper-local um, data and, and focusing. And I mean, real estate is, everything about it is local. It's hyper-local. Um, so that's so important to be able to take that look, but also take a, a broader look at everything. So let's talk about the products that CoreLogic offers that support brokers in this challenging market and um, beyond.
2: Yeah. And that really does kind of drive back to a lot of what, what we were kind of referring to there. We have a suite of market intelligence products uh, that we have out there that are in industry today that we're happy to kind of talk to any and all clients about. A number of them already utilize it uh, to be able to get that micro level of detail about what's going on in their industry. Um, we do have the, uh, the lead gen product that we are kind of actively now starting to work with clients on to kind of talk about with them in a, in a more robust way. We have a number of workflow-based solutions that have been out there uh, in the industry for a while. Uh, you know, we have a, a an application specific for the agents to be able to engage with the consumers, uh, kind of called One Home, uh, which is a really nice tool that a lot of the agents are finding has a great deal of applicability to kind of maintain that one-on-one contact with the consumer, not only throughout the purchasing journey but beyond. Um, and then kind of taking a view of that and developing uh, what we refer to more as broker links, which is sort of the, the broker version of that that sits on top of it uh, to allow that consolidated roll-up view. So if I'm a broker and I'm managing my business. Business, whether that's at the national level or perhaps a regional office level, I kind of have that same look about understanding what's going on within my specific area um, and all the requisite sort of drill down capabilities that are associated with it. Um, we obviously have uh, all sorts of products that are candidly just basic data, <laughs> basic data files. And so oftentimes what we do with that to be perfectly blunt is we will work with our client to say, you know, what is your business challenge? What are you trying to solve for? And then we will invite them into um, a dedicated environment that we will set up with them to basically bring in the data that they want to use for analytics and actually attach it to the core logic data set. And then we'll support that with some form of you know, data science and data consulting uh, Uh, resource to help slice and dice the data. And this becomes really valuable when you are not one of those aforementioned top 10 that typically will have some size and scale and will have their own data science or data analyst um, as part of the company. But really, if you think about the value, if I'm a a smaller mid-tier type player, to be able to work with someone that understands data and you can kind of speak to, hey, here's what I'm trying to solve for. And then work with experts to say, hey, can I mine that as an insight? Can I then automate that insight so that I'm providing that to you on a monthly basis as part of a subscription? Um, That we view as really kind of part and parcel to our business. You know, we do have, as you you asked, the kind of standard off-the-shelf products and uh, solutions, and we feel terrific about those. We really do. They they hold a significant place in the industry. But we're also equally proud of and candidly love to work one-on-one with our clients to try to find individual solutions to some of the answers that they are, some of the challenges that they're facing out there and see if we can't provide them some answers. And, you know, we actually will then sometimes utilize that to say, is there a broader application here for the, uh, for the ecosystem uh, and the industry at large? And if there is, then we'll be the first to try to think through how do we want to replicate that and make that more accessible for a number of different people um, versus just the individual uh, analytic that we may have developed. So we really do run the gamut, um, across clients of all shapes and sizes. Uh, we feel like we have solutions out there that uh, will help any of them with their business in terms of growing their business. Uh, you know, increasing the profitability of their business, etc. As we talked about, that is really what's going on in the industry, right? It's a tough time. Brokers are getting kind of pressured from all sides, and then you have just a lower volume level in general that's going on. So we feel like the time's really never been more appropriate than it is today to really kind of think through some of the ways that data can help them tackle a lot of the business challenges they're facing. Um, again, part of that sort of overall market intelligence suite, that really is, uh, an application that is very specific to understanding share, uh, so we are aggregating all the transaction data that occurs within a given geography. We're then slicing and dicing that dozens of different ways to understand uh, what are the types of transactions, who handled the transactions from the agent standpoint, the loan officer standpoint, uh, etc. What can we then derive in terms of sort of uh, market share for an individual or for an entity? How are they stacking up compared to everyone else? Um, what is their sweet spot? Meaning, what are the types of deals they do? You know, are they the one that always working on the you know three hundred fifty thousand dollar home or are they the one that's always working on the you know 1.5 million dollar home um, and we can kind of really draw a very interesting mosaic of at a local level of what's going on in the industry with the market track tool um, so quite powerful in terms of what it's able to do a lot of customization for each individual user is uh, available out there um, and, and we're pretty excited because we're actually um, continuing to put uh, a lot of enhancement towards that product as we go forward here as well.
1: Well, Brian, thank you so much for for joining the podcast today. And um, it sounds like the opportunities are endless with the CoreLogic um, products that you have for real estate brokers. So thanks for sharing that.
2: No, yeah. Thank you, Tracy, so much. We uh, obviously are huge fans of, uh, of, of the industry. We love the support and the partnership we've had with so many folks across uh, the ecosystem. So thank you so much for the time to be able to come in and talk a little bit about data analytics and the, uh, the passion that all of us here at the company have for it. Really do appreciate it.
3: We have a Slack channel at HW that publishes all of the new registered users for our HW events, like the Gathering of Eagles coming up in June and Housing Wire Annual coming up in October. I was just scrolling through the Gathering of Eagles feed on Slack, and wow, I am blown away with the quality of the attendees. Leaders from Keller Williams, Better Homes and Gardens, EXP, Compass, Hannah Holdings, Remax and Home Services and incredible ecosystem partners like Zillow, Austin Board of Realtors, New Western Acquisitions, UWM, and Bright MLS, just to name a few. If you aren't familiar with GOE, this is our real estate brokerage event for the most elite brokers, teams, MLS execs, and state and local association of realtors leaders. June 18th through 21st in Austin, Texas at the amazing Omni Barton Creek Resort. Visit the events tab on Realtrends.com or HousingWire.com to register.